Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I come to you each morning at about 9 a.m., and today is June 11th, 2021. We continue our catechesis through the book of Acts. Um, now we have the martyrdom of St. Stephen from Acts chapter 7. We're also going to hear some selections uh, later on in the book of Acts because today is the feast day as well for who? My memory is not so good. Uh, St. Barnabas, right? I think it's St. Barnabas. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, St. Barnabas the Apostle. All right, and his uh, reading is one of his appointed set of readings are from the book of Acts as well. So we'll hear that. All right, very good. I'm going to talk over the bell, if you don't mind. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse for this week together. Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6. And now our psalm for this week is Psalm 119, Gimel and Dalet. We say that together as well. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your just decrees at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust, give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me, teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow, strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your just decrees before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It's toasty in here, as usual. All right. Our first reading today is continuation from the prophet Jonah, chapter 1. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. 
for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me, all the, your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me even to my soul, the deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head, I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed beyond, behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul ta- fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's one of my favorite, favorite readings in the scriptures. Right? So Jonah praying from the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Does that sound coincidental? Probably not. He probably caught three days and three nights. Hmm. Uh, on the third day, he rose again from the dead. We do confess that, do we not? And the same with Jonah. Um, what Jonah describes is the lament of someone who's actually dead. I don't know what, can the dead cry to you, O Lord, from Sheol? But Jonah does. Very interesting, is it not? Uh, he effectively is dead, and yet here he is praying. All right. Our reading for catechesis, then, is from Acts chapter 7, again, the martyrdom of Stephen, picking up where we left off yesterday. This is what Moses, who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who is the congregate in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with your fa- our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers who would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to idols, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Raphon, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of, the, of witness in the wilderness, as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. However. The Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet himself says. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, and so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the Just One, of whom you have now become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, 
They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. All right, very good. So some catechesis on this text. What a lovely sermon. Oh, intense, huh? From Stephen. So it's now the third part of the sermon. Uh, so if you didn't catch parts one and part two, uh, those are the last two days of congregation prayer, which you can go back and watch on Facebook, on YouTube, or listen on the podcast. All right. All available on our website, which is down at the bottom, sgjohnrandomlake.org. Under the church tab, go to media. All right. So let's do some uh, some catechesis here. What uh, To which prophecy does Stephen refer to in verse 37? Yeah, the prophecy that the Lord would raise up a prophet from among their brothers whom they should hear. That was a prophecy made to Moses, right? And what is the key word in that prophecy? It's right there at the end. Him you shall hear, right? Uh, Who else was in the wilderness with Moses, according to Stephen? The angel, right? We see that in verse 38, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and spoke to him, uh, or spoke to the fathers as well. Um, But what did Moses give to the people? What does he call it here? Living oracles. Living oracles. Um, But they rejected it, right? Whom they would not obey, but rejected. Right? God's word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, What fitting phrase describes their disobedience then? Right here. This is the fitting phrase. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, the land of idolatry, the land of uh, pagan gods, of pagan ruler, um, where they were being forced um, to expose or to sacrifice their own children, their own male children. All right. Of course, when did this most become clear? When they said to Aaron, make us gods like those gods of the land of Egypt. Hence the cow, all right, the golden calf, um, to go before them. More gods. We need more gods. We always need more gods. Why? Hmm. Um, what phrase in verse 41 then condemns them? It's right here at the end. Yeah, they rejoiced in the works of their own hands. So where do these idols come from? From their own idol factory. That's their heart. Yeah, as Calvin calls it. How um, does this clash then with verses 25 and um, 35. So uh, I'm going to go back and read 25 and 35 and see how this all clashes with what what Stephen had said before. Let me, uh, not Stephen, Acts 7. There we go. So 25. Um, for he, this is referring to Moses, for he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. Right? And then in 35, they say to Moses, whom they rejected, who made you a ruler and a judge? 
Is the one God sent to be ruler, a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared in the bush? Yeah. Yeah, they rejoiced in their own works rather than the re- rejoicing in the works of the hand of God who made them and delivered them. That's what's going on here. That's why that's a clash. Uh, how had God given them up to, to wor- the worship of the host of heaven? You see it here in the, in the prophecy, right? He remained faithful to them and sent his word through Moses and the prophets, even while they added the other gods that, made, that they made with their own hands, all right? And this is all because they would not listen. They would not listen. Again, that word here in verse 37, right? They rejoiced in their own works with their own hands is because they turned their hearts, because they wouldn't listen to the living oracles, right? They rejected that word. And so the contrast is here, they, instead of, they took up the tabernacle of Moloch instead of the tabernacle of God, right? Which our fathers um, set up, or Moses set up according to the pattern that he had been seen, was given to the fathers in turn. They rejected, instead, again, took up the tabernacle of Moloch. That was a god that you would actually sacrifice children to, again, like in Egypt, right? Um, and that tabernacle that God gave them he gave them as a witness to them, right, um, of his word and his faithfulness. And it was built according to his pattern, and yet they rejected it. What do you think it's, uh, what is the importance then of calling it the tabernacle of witness? She does right there in verse 44. The tabernacle of witness. Well, back in uh, verse 33 of the sermon, so again, let's try to keep it all in context. Listen, uh, listen what's recorded there. Um, well, I'll go to 31. When Moses saw it, he marveled at their sight, and he drew near to observe the voice of the Lord, came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dare not look. Then the Lord said to him, take off, or take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. All right. Yeah, so what's that all about? the angel speaking to him, and the place where you stand is holy ground. Yeah, God continues in his faithfulness, even while they are unfaithful, according to his promise, right? And the tabernacle bears witness that he is present amongst them. Um, And ultimately, he's going to bear witness to them through his son, who is, I think John chapter 1, the true tabernacle, right? The one who rose from the dead. All right, um, now in turn, what happened in the days of Joshua here? Again, God continued his faithfulness and the tabernacle bearing witness as he delivered the promised land to them, driving out the Gentiles before their faces, right? Um, As he did before the face of the fathers, as he did until the days of David, right? So he gave them the promised land despite their rebellion against him. It's key. Uh, What's mentioned there, though, about David, uniquely, yeah, who found favor before God. Uh-huh. Now, what does it mean that he found favor before God? We've talked about this before. I'll see if you remember. Right? Think of Mary. She found favor before God. What does that mean? Yeah, it's actually a word of grace, right? That God has chosen um, David, right? He set him apart in the same way he chose Abraham earlier in the sermon, right? Or think in Genesis uh, chapter 6 with Noah where Noah finds favor in the eyes of God, not because of his uh, uh, belief or his 
his uh, high and moral or virtuous life, right, his noble life, but rather because God chose him, gives him grace, grants him the Holy Spirit, and then Moses in turn, or excuse me, Noah in turn, and here um, David in turn, believes the word that is given. Again, not by his own reason or strength, but by the power of the Spirit given unto him. All right, so it's all gift. Um, Solomon's mentioned, but Solomon built him a house. Why do you think that's uh, significant? Only brief. Yeah, Solomon built him uh, a tabernacle, so to speak, but he's not the final tabernacle, is it not? It's an earthly house or temple. Instead of being um, content with uh, the tabernacle that the Lord had given in the wilderness, right? That was built according to his pattern. Um, interestingly enough, there is a difference in the architecture between the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple, right? The temple is made with stones, right? Um, and it's constructed by men and they're hewn and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and Solomon did try to mimic the uh, architecture, or the geometry, I should say, of the tabernacle. Um, it fits the same proportions, uh, although much bigger. No, um, the tabernacle, the key thing in the tabernacle, I think, um, is that it's a tent made of animal skins, right? So you're clothed in flesh. That's the big hint there, uh, whereas the temple did not have that feature, of course. Um, yeah, someday I'll write on that, or, you know, on a large scale. Stephen's office, or audience, I should say, the ones he's preaching to here, they trusted in the temple rather than in the witness of God's word and ultimately in the tabernacle not made with hands. That's Christ Jesus himself. All right. Um, then things get a little bit intense. <laughs> Stephen preaches, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. What, it, what does he mean by that? Uncircumcised in heart and ears. Again, going back to the promise made to Moses of the prophet, yeah, they don't hear. Their ears are not open. That's what it means for them to be uncircumcised. Yeah. They refuse to hear the word which is preached. And what had their fathers done? Also being uncircumcised in ears? They killed the prophets just as you killed the just one. Huh. Jesus, of course. What does Stephen mean when he says, they received the law by angels and have not kept it. Right here, verse 53. Who received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. All right. Again, think about the whole sermon. Um, the angel of the Lord who called Moses and led them in the wilderness also sent his angels, that is his messengers, to continually preach um, to them the word of the law and the promises. Right. So prophet after prophet after prophet are his angels, his messengers and they did not keep it. Um, this is always worth emphasizing that, that God has his angels, but his angels always come with messages, right? With a word. That's, their, that's what the word means. Angelos means messenger, right? Um, so interestingly enough, the angel of the Lord Jesus, what does he come doing? Speaking his word, God's word, right? He is God's word in the flesh. What uh, saying of Jesus then should we remember here as well? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's from Luke volume one. Uh, that's Luke chapter 11, right? Uh, what do the words of Stephen's preachings do to them? Ouch. Yeah, it cut them to the heart, right? And they gnash their teeth at them. What's a, another way of maybe translating um, cut to the heart? Yeah, we saw this back in Acts chapter five uh, when they responded to Peter and um, John, right? 
Yeah, this mean, this is another way of saying they were furious. Their hearts were infuriated, that's filled with fire, um, because of the word that has been spoken has angered them, just as the word of the apostles had angered them previously. Right? And that's the work of the law. That's what it does. It does it to us too. When you hear that uh, word of law preached um, in, in the context of the divine service or here in the daily prayer, uh, it cuts you to the heart too. And no one likes to have their sin exposed. Right? Of course, that's not the, the ultimate purpose of having sin exposed. Guilty, yes. It's always for the sake of forgiveness of sins that it be healed, uh, which, of course, they do not want. They just want to kill. Um, they're not asking like at Pentecost, right? When Peter preaches and cuts those people to the heart, they say, brothers, what must we do to be saved? Right? Repent and believe the gospel, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sin. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter says, right? Okay. Uh, what about gnashing of teeth? What's that uh, typically associated with? Jesus. Think of Jesus. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? The outer darkness where the sons of the kingdom are cast along with the devil and his angels, that place prepared for the devil and the angels, not for them. Um, yet that's where they want to be. Then something interesting happens, right? In the story, Stephen looks to heaven. What does he see? Yeah. He sees the glory of God, that is Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, right? The right hand of God. Actually, the glory of God is actually both of them together, along with the Spirit, right? And what did he proclaim? He actually says it. I see the heavens opened, right there in verse 56, and the Son of Man, the one whom they crucified, standing at the right hand of God. Um, now, this is interesting. There's a parallel with Stephen and Jesus, is there not? Yeah. Uh, at what other event are the heavens opened? Now, after Jesus was baptized, right? He was praying and the heaven is open and the Father speaks, right? And the Spirit descends. When were the words about the Son of Man used previously? Stephen's very, uh, I would say clever here even, um, in using those words because he was there at the trial of Jesus, right? And, uh, let me see where this is. Yeah, when Jesus is being tried in Luke volume 1, that's the gospel according to St. Luke, it goes like this. This is the Sanhedrin, the same people. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led him into the, their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter." The Son of Man will sit at the right hand of the power of God. See the parallel? Yeah. Jesus being tried. Stephen being tried. Jesus saying, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power of God. Stephen saying, I see the Son of Man at the right hand of God. Then they all said, are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, you rightly say that I am. And then they said, what further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. All right. Um, how did Stephen's heroes then react? Of course, I can't hear you. Yeah, they, uh, they knelt down and cried out, or no, excuse me, um, they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one, uh, accord, right? They ran at him. What's the significance of stopping their ears? You see this has been repeated all through this whole section. Plus those who hear, right? Hear him, the prophet. They won't listen to the word 
of the Lord, just as they would not listen to the prophets and they would not listen to Jesus. The problem here, sin is, in effect, not listening. And of course, listening, what follows listening is taking to heart, right? If you like obeying, treasuring it. In what other story does Luke use the term uh, 57, used in verse 57 there, for running? This is interesting. It's the same term back in Luke chapter 8 for when Jesus cast the demon, the legion of demons out of the man into the swine, and then they run off the cliff and drown in the sea. Hmm, that might be not coincidental. Uh, What punishment did they give Stephen? Of course, they stoned him uh, to death right there in verse 59. Um, And who was there as a witness? This is actually kind of interesting, and it'll come up before or later. Saul, right? We know quite a bit about Saul. What they do with the with their clothes, the hearers. Yeah, they laid their all the hearers, the witnesses, laid their clothes at the feet of the young man. Huh. What did Stephen cry out as they were stoning him? Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That should sound familiar from Luke volume one. Right? Jesus upon the cross when he commended his spirit into the hands of his father. Yeah, Luke 24, or 23, I should say. Uh, what were Stephen's final words then? Also quite, quite, uh, quite cool here, right? Lord, do not charge them with this sin, which reminds us again of Luke 23, Jesus' words from the cross. So, I mean, Luke, re- or excuse me, Stephen here really uh, epitomizes Jesus' own words from um, back in uh, Luke chapter 6, I believe it, or 7. Um, you know, uh, blessed are those when, when they revile you and curse you and um, treat you scandalously for my name's sake, right? That here, Stephen is really given to um, take up his cross and follow Jesus in the way that Jesus suffered and died. Suffering and dying in the same way, even with the same words. Um, how is Stephen's death then described at the end? Also, very neat. He fell asleep. He fell asleep. Right? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord for. Their works do follow them. Meditation on this text then. Stephen falls asleep to await the day of the resurrection to which he bears witness. He faces death by reflecting upon the words of Jesus at his own death, in the confidence that those who destroy the body cannot destroy the soul. The one who was rescued from the grave by his father will surely also rescue Stephen. Though the Lord has faithfully continued the preaching of his word to the descendants of Abraham, they do not want to hear of the forgiveness that has been won through the death and resurrection of Christ. In resisting the preached word, they are resisting the Holy Spirit who calls men through the preaching of the gospel. By his word, the Lord opens heaven to those who are baptized, that they may see the Son of Man and rejoice in the forgiveness that, is, that he won for them. So even Saul, who has the clothes of murderers laid at his feet, will receive the clothing of the righteous one, and his feet will become the beautiful feet of the preacher of the gospel. All right. Um, and as I mentioned before, today is also the feast day of St. Barnabas. Maybe uh, give you a little meditation on Barnabas first, actually, uh, just to give you a little context who this guy is. Hold on a moment. Again, it's a feast day, so typically the church would gather uh, in worship today to receive the Lord's gifts um, and to celebrate the work that he accomplished through Barnabas. But here we go. Uh, St. Barnabas was a Levite from Cyprus who sold some land and gave the proceeds to the early Christian community in Jerusalem. 
uh, Acts 4, 36-37. We just read about him last week. St. Paul informs us that he was a cousin of John Mark, Colossians 4. Barnabas was sent by the Jerusalem church to oversee the young church in Antioch, Acts 11. While there, he went to Tarsus and brought back Paul to Antioch to help him, Acts 11 as well. We'll hear in a moment. It was this church in Antioch that commissioned and sent Barnabas and Paul on their first missionary journey. We'll hear that as well. When it was time for the second missionary journey, however, Barnabas and Paul disagreed about taking along John Mark. Barnabas took Mark and went to Cyprus. Paul took Silas and headed north through Syria and Cilicia, Acts 15. Nothing more is known of the activities of Barnabas except that he was apparently known to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9. Tradition relates that Barnabas died a martyr's death in Cyprus by being stoned. All right, let's hear uh, the epistle for St. Barnabas's day, Acts chapter 11 and 13. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when they had found him, they brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who was brought up by Herod the Tetrarch, or with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them away. All right. Let's actually say um, a prayer of thanksgiving for St. Barnabas. Almighty God, your faithful servant Barnabas sought not his own renown, but gave generously of his life and substance for the encouragement of the apostles in their ministry. Grant that we may follow his example in lives given to charity and the proclamation of the gospel. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. All right, let's confess our catechism for this week on holy baptism. How can water do such great things? Say it with me. Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, The water is plain water and no baptism, but with the word of God, it is a baptism that is a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. 
as St. Paul writes in Titus, there it is, chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. We pray. Heavenly Father, you teach us that the word of God in and with the water does great things, working forgiveness of sins, rescuing us from death and the devil, and giving us the gift of eternal salvation. Without your word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with your word, our baptism is life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious teaching. Forgive us all doubt. Grant us firm faith to trust your word in the water that every blessing of baptism may be ours. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Friday, we pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, for the sick and dying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving with Preston, who celebrates his birthday, with Nicole and Rachel, who celebrate their baptism. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We also pray for those who are receiving treatment, who are ill, who are recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, and Ken, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Sheboygan County, Hispanic Outreach, and Compassion International. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect of the week. O God, the strength of all who trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing, grant us your grace to keep your commandments, that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, uh, let's sing uh, the first two stanzas of the hymn today. To God the Holy Spirit, let us pray.
to God the Holy Spirit, let us pray. For the true faith needed on our way, that he may defend us when life is ending, and from exile home we are wanting. Lord, have mercy. O sweetest love, your grace on us bestow. Set our hearts with sacred fire aglow, that with hearts united we love each other, every stranger's All right, very good. We went a little bit long, so cut the hem off there. Uh, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. Safe travels. I see Don and Grace, Ron, and you're all driving, Karen. Um, also, Tim and Eileen and Gus and Karen, good to see you checking in there. Um, appreciate you. I hope you appreciate me and the work that I do here for you um, as best we can, right? So, uh, Lord be with you all. Uh, try to find a way to cool off. It's already too warm in here. Uh, I've got some appointments, though, so I'm going to take off and uh, maybe work from home later. So, there we go. Lord be with you all. Keep you safe again, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs>